glad everybody's here and welcome to everybody that's watching my live. Um, we're going to be continuing on flipping through Philippians. Flipping through the flipping Philippians. <laughs> and I am going to be in chapter 4, so if you want to flip to the flipping Philippians over on chapter 4. And Father, I just thank you, Father. I give you glory and honor and praise, Father. And I just, Lord, I just ask, Lord, that whatever you would have said or done, Lord, speak through me, Father. In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, just move through me and speak through me to have done and said whatever you would have done, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, so I'm kind of going to read you chapter 4. We're going to go through the whole, the whole chapter. I'm going to spend about 30 minutes on each scripture. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> How many of you went, eh, oh my gosh. We won't get out of here till 8 o'clock. <laughs> and when I finish locking the doors, I'm leaving. <laughs> oh, me. No, but well, I am going to go through the whole chapter. Uh, no, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on each verse. Uh, but um, I picked this chapter to do in Philippians because it has two scriptures that are the most, some of the couple of the most main, mainly used faith scriptures out of the Bible. When we're talking about, especially like in the Word of Faith circles and and, and everything like that, two two of the big scriptures are in the, in this chapter, and uh, so I kind of wanted to kind of tackle that a little bit and everything. But I don't want to just hit those two scriptures. I want us to kind of look at the whole chapter and realize kind of what's what's happening here. And as I was reading it, it's uh, you know, of course, this is Paul's letter to the Philippians and everything. This is like he's closing out chapter four. Is kind of like he's closing out everything he's saying to them, and. Uh, so we'll begin here, and I may read you, I've got the New King James Version, I've got King James Version, I've got the message here, so I may be jumping back and forth in between them, because each, each say the same thing, but in different ways, yep. <laughs> and it's, you know, years ago, it was just kind of a, when new different translations of the Bible started coming out, you know, you always kind of got to admonish to, no, you don't need to. You don't need to look at this translation, or you need to stick with this, you know, or and everything like that, because you know this is this ain't saying, you know, this ain't the word of God, or something like that. Well, in a way, I kind of agree with that. You do need to kind of, you know, be cautious about what translations you look at and everything, but don't just dismiss something because it's it's not King Jimmy, you know. Now, I, I have I read King Jimmy, and because I grew up in Baptist church, and that's what we used. And, and I understand it when I read it. it I, I, you know, the, the these and thous and those and everything, they translate in my mind when I read it and everything. But I have found other translations that just kind of, you know, hit it a little different and, and kind of, you know, explain something a little better. And um, so, and I, I, years ago, I bought the Message Bible and never read it. <laughs> I bought one and never read it. And um, so then when I started to do this, I said, well, let me get that Message Bible out and see what it says about this. So Paul here, let's see here. Paul really, from what I gather from what I'm reading, the church, the, the Philippians, how, how can, what's the words I can put this in? He really loved the Philippians. And I think from, just, from what I, I read, he loved them because they stepped up. They stepped up and 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 they they kind of got him, you know, you know how how you can kind of you know be fond of somebody because they get you, 
that they understand you, you know, about in certain ways. And, and that's when I was reading, that's kind of the way I kind of took it. The way Paul was talking in this letter to the Philippians, he was talking to him like, hey, you get it. You understand it. And I'm thankful for you that you do. You know, and he's, he's giving them encouragement to this. So let me start out. It says, this is in the message. And the only thing I, I don't kind of don't like about the message Bible is it does read like a novel. It reads like a book. So it doesn't tell you what scripture is what. It don't let you know that you're reading verse one or verse two or anything like that. So it says, uh, my dear friends, I love you so much. I do want the very best for you. You make me feel such joy. Fill me with such pride. Don't waver. Stay on track. Stay steady in God. Now, I want to read that in the New King James Version, which it just says, Therefore, my beloved and longed-for brethren, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord. You see how he's referring to them there? You know, my, my, my beloved, my longed-for brethren, you know, these are people he's grown fond of. These are people that, he, that, that he's, he's got relationship with. And he's encouraging them to stay standfast in the Lord. And he says, I urge, it's kind of funny. Ladies, please don't hate me for this. <laughs> it's kind of funny. The first thing he starts out with is there's an argument between two women in the church about he doesn't exactly say. They just have a disagreement. But this is what Paul says. He says, and you have to forgive me because these names, I may just totally butcher them. I urge Judea and, and Syntax, Syntish, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, to iron out their differences and make up. God doesn't want his children holding grudges. That's in the message Bible. And oh yes, and, then, and, I'll, and I'll tell you this too, something else I figured out. Right here in, in the King James, he makes reference to, uh, it says, and I entreat thee also, yoke fellow. In the New King James Version, he says, true companion. But in the message, they actually give a name for this person. <laughs> I can't pronounce it either. It's S-Y-Z-Y-G-U-S. Susie Gus. <laughs> Whatever it is. <laughs> Susie Gus. Since you're right there to help them work things out, do your best with them. So he said he's calling them and say, hey, look, there's a disagreement here. Ladies, work it out. Hey, you over here, come help them work it out. Come to some kind of an agreement. And see, and this is something that, that I've always thought, you know, in the body of Christ, we, have the, we should have, and we have the freedom to disagree about things. And we have the freedom to talk about these things and debate these things, but we do not have the right, if I'm, if I'm saying this correctly, so y'all just bear with me, to be mad at somebody or upset with somebody or hold a grudge over it. We can talk about things, we can debate things about the Bible, about the Word, and we can come to a place of, hey, okay, I don't exactly agree with that, but that don't mean I don't love you. That don't mean I'm not going to worship with you. That don't mean I'm not going to you know, keep serving with you. Because for me, it always comes down to this. Do you believe in God? 
Yes. Do you believe in Jesus? Yes. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? Yes. Do you believe Jesus came, was born of a virgin, died, and died on the cross, and rose again on the third day? Yes. Okay. We're good. Anything else is just peripheral. Anything else is just, you know, if you want to believe it, believe it. If you don't, okay, we can still work together because we have one goal in common, and that's spreading the good news. Now, now here's the, here then is where the sticky parts come in because a lot of people have a difference of opinion about what the good news is. You know, a while back, the uh, other week on Facebook, I think I put out there, I said, uh, I said, if the gospel is the good news, what is the good news? Nobody answered. I was trying to kind of stir something. I wanted to hear people's, everybody's different thoughts and opinions on it. But nobody answered that question on Facebook. I was surprised. Because I, I thought I would get, you know, you know, that Jesus rose again and, or or that we can be this, or, or that, or whatever. Nobody answered. And I was just surprised. I was like, wow. Nobody, does, does that mean nobody knows what the good news is? If that's the case, then we need to step up here. So since you're right there, to Zizigus, since you're that right there, to help them work things out, do your best with them. And this is why. These women worked for the message hand in hand with Clement and me and with other veterans Worked as hard as any of us. Remember their names are also in the book of life. See, that just backs up what I just said about it. You know, these ladies put in the time. They they worked as hard as anybody else. They were right there walking mile for mile with it. You know, this little disagreement, let's just just get it settled. Because it don't need to go on any further. You know, there doesn't need to be a, a separation over this. Celebrate God all day, every day. And this is where it's talking about rejoicing the Lord always. It says, I mean, revel in him. Make it as clear as you can to all you meet that you're on their side, working with them and not against them. Help them see that the master is about to arrive. He could show up any minute. Now, don't fret. And this is going to be in verse 6. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. I really liked how that said that. I really liked that. Because we can all get into it. it is, uh, um, the other translation says, be anxious for nothing. You know, and, and I think in the King James it says, be careful for nothing. You know, we, we get on that and we'll say, uh, you know, okay, so uh, take it literally and say, oh, you're not supposed to be careful for anything. You're not supposed to care about anything. You're not supposed to be cautious. You know, don't be, don't be careful for anything and everything like that. Because, you know, a lot of people get out there and you start to part ways with somebody and say, here, take care. You know, and then I hate to say you get some people say, no, I'm not taking care. Because they've read it and it says, be careful for nothing. That's totally not what that means. It says, be anxious for nothing. So don't fret or worry. Don't have any fear about something. Instead, pray let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayer. Now, how, how often do we kind of hit situations and we get anxious? We get into to fretfulness and worries and fears over it. And by golly, we'll sit there for a while. <laughs> I, I, I have been there. I've been there just last week. Things happen and, and it, just, it just hits you because what am I going to do? When my first response, I'm going to tell you something here. My first response should be praying about it, going to the Word about it, trusting the Lord about it. 
You see, when it comes to, to fretfulness and fear and worry, that's a reaction. And we all want to react that way. But when we refuse to react and choose to respond, that's a whole different story. You see, uh, when we react to something, it's almost like a, like a crapshoot, as they'll say. You don't know what's going to happen. But when we respond, especially when you're responding according to the Word of God, you know exactly what the outcome should be. The petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns before you know it. A sense of wholeness. Everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. And this is the part where it says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind through Christ. Jesus. You see, when we, we choose to respond to the Word of God, when we choose to... to overrule the fear and the anxiety that wants to rise up in us and replace it with the prayer and the petitions and the Word of God, the peace of God comes because we, we can trust Him. We know Him. We know that He will do what He said He will do. We know that He has done what He said He, he has done, set out to do. And that peace that surpasses all understanding. Now, what, what do we think that means when it says surpasses all understanding? Just Kevin 101 here, and what I mean by Kevin 101 is my fault. That don't mean it's necessarily accurate, right, or biblical. Right. Now I'm glad you said that because that kind of, that goes with what I was going to say about Kevin one and one is because according to the world standards we should be acting a certain way because we all have learned over our years of learning and everything and it's getting ingrained in our our minds and our thinking and our believing that we should react a certain way about something. I tell you a story. A coworker of mine. Uh, Went into a, uh, he tells this story from time to time. He went into a fast food place, and there was a line, and he got in line. Well, uh, some lady come in and just cut right in front of him. And he said, I wanted to get mad. He said, but, you know, I just just let the Lord, you know, lead me and, and everything like that. And I, I, I think there was a little more to the situation by her cutting in front of him and all this. It was more of a big to-do than what he kind of tells it. But So he just stepped back and let her have way. Went on through the line, got his stuff and left. As he was going out, somebody says, hey, sir, hey, sir. And everything, and got his attention, and says, "What church do you go to?" And he said, and he turns, says, "What makes you think I go to church?" And he goes, "Because anybody that would let somebody cut in front of them like that and not respond or react to it and everything has to be a Christian and <laughs> go to church." <laughs> you see, the world expects us to act a certain way, to re- to react to to situations a certain way, right. to react out of fear, to react out of anger, to react out of, of whatever emotion. That, that, you know, that is there, natural emotion that is there. But when we respond out of the Word of God, when we respond out of being led to, by the Holy Spirit, that's when the peace of God hits us. That's what, then it surpasses all understanding, and that all understanding is the world's understanding, how the world understands things. See, and I've said this before, and I want to say it again. You know, we, we're, we're three parts. 
We're spirit, soul, and body. And we're, we're our spirit and we have our soul. And our soul is made up of our mind, will, and emotions. And y'all have heard me say it that, you know, a lot of the world, the world, and a lot of Christians have it backwards. By living from our emotions yeah. to our will to our soul. When we have an emotion, joy, love, peace, hate, anger, whatever. When we have that emotion and we act or we react to that emotion... Then in our, it, we act upon it, and we also act upon it. I'm saying that kind of funny there, I think. But you understand what I'm saying. It helps us form a belief in our brain, in our mind, our soul, our intelligence, where, where, where our beliefs are held. When it's the other way around, when we should be going to the Word of God and forming our beliefs upon what the Word says in our mind, acting upon that in our will... Our will is us acting upon what we believe. And, for, and our beliefs are formed. And then our emotions follow. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Now let me find out where I was at. Okay. Here we go. A sense of God's holiness. I'm still reading the message. A sense of God's holiness wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Summing it all up, friends, let's see here. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me back up here because I want to go something here. No, look, we're going. Summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best filling your minds and meditating on things true Noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that, and God, who makes everything work together, will work you, will work you into his most excellent harmonies. Now I'm going to read it out of the King James here. It says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. See, it's dealing with our thoughts. It's dealing with us in our soul. It's dealing with us where we hold our beliefs. And, and, and they're going to forgive me, I can... I can Quote you the scripture, but I couldn't tell you exactly where the scripture is at. Maybe y'all can. That says, cast down imaginations and every high thing that dare exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Can somebody tell me what that scripture is? Because I, I know the verse, but I can't, just can't think of what. So he's, he's admonishing us here. He's admonishing the Philippians to not let this negative stuff get in our heads. To not let it dwell in our heads. And how many of us know that out here in our world today, a lot of negative stuff can get in our heads? I don't watch the news. Go ahead. It's 2 Corinthians 10.5. 2 Corinthians 10.5. Cast down imaginations. I don't watch the news because the news ain't nothing but negative. Now, I... Scan headlines, just kind of keep up with kind of what's going on. But I don't sit there and watch it and dwell on it. Mm -hmm. You know? And 
Because the enemy really wants to use that to get you into a negative train of thought. And I grew up, God rest his soul, my dad, you know, negative like I, like I couldn't tell you. And would sit there and watch the news and just yell at the, t- yell at the TV and everything. And, and I noticed that I had some of that negativity because I grew up with it. I, I, I learned to be that way. You know, I don't believe in generational curses, but I believe you can learn a habit. You can learn bad habits from your parents, from other people, everything. So I learned to be negative. I had my coworker back to the same coworker. God love him. I love him. If he's watching or listening, sorry. (laughs) But he... He, he, anytime that I have just a moment of frustration and I just want to just vent, he, he has to cancel out whatever I'm venting. <laughs> he tries to cancel my, what I'm saying by saying something positive. And I want to say, dude, you are not helping me. <laughs> at this moment, you are not helping me. Uh, he's not wrong, but at that moment, he's not helping me. But we have to... We have to watch these things because, my gosh, it will, our, those thoughts will rule our lives. And, you know, we've learned that faith is our response, is our positive response to the gospel. So if faith is our positive response to the gospel, then doubt is our negative response to the gospel. But doubt will come through what? Negativity. Doubt will come through always seeing the bad side of something. So we have to, again, cast down those imaginations. And seeing all this stuff that comes in our, our minds, these thoughts about just whatever. I mean, you can almost take your pick. Any thought that comes in our mind, we must weigh it against the Word of God. Is this what the Word of God says about this situation or about what I'm thinking? What's, what's, what's the Word of God on this? And, and because these thoughts are trying to exalt themselves. They're trying to give you a knowledge that's above what God says. They're trying to put you in a place above what God's saying. Okay. Going right along, it says, now I'm moving, uh, it says, I'm glad in God for hap- far happier than you would ever guess. He's letting them know how he is. It says, happy that you're again showing such strong concern for me. Not that you ever quit praying and thinking about me. You just had no chance to show it. He's letting them know that I know that you, you, were, you were concerned about me. I know what you're praying. You just didn't have an opportunity to show it. You know, a lot of us, we, we need to look for those opportunities to show people that we love them, to show people that we're concerned about them. Amen. It says, actually, I don't have a sense of needing anything personally. I've learned by now to be quite content whatever my circumstances. I'm just as happy with little as with much, with much as with little. I found the recipe for being happy, whether full or hungry, hands full, hands empty. Whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. I like the way that said that. Now I'm going to read it in this. I'm going to read it in the King James here. This 
Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, verse 9, and the God of peace shall be with you. Ending out the, the thought. But I, verse 10, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me has flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. So he's, he's found the secret of no matter where I am in my life, I know that God's got this. Yeah. I know that God's got me. I know both how to be abased, poor, and I know how to, to abound, prosperous. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Now, that's one of the great faith verses that everybody uses, is that I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. So let's look at it for just a moment. Who does it say can do all things? I. I, me, 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 Kevin, or y'all, you, I, can do all things through who? So who is Christ? Now that's who he's referring to, but something I want to get closer to now. We hear Jesus Christ. It says Christ Jesus or Jesus Christ. Christ is not Jesus' last name. I know, I know a lot of us in here know that. That's not his last name. It's a title. And Christ means the anointed one. So let's break this down. I can do all things through the anointed one who strengthens me. See, when we start realizing that everything in our lives, about our lives, how we walk through our lives, refers right back to one thing, the Word of God. Because Jesus is what? The Word, the word made flesh. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the anointed one. I can do all things through the Word who was made flesh, the anointed one. When I go to the Word, when I read the Word, when I choose to form my to let my belief be formed based upon the Word, when I choose to believe in the Word and act upon the Word, Let me t- gosh, let me tell you something. We have seen superhero movie after superhero movie after superhero movie come out in the past few years. And, you know, you always kind of may hear the term of the world needs a hero. People, the heroes are sitting right here. We're the superheroes. Because of the power of God within us. Because of the, the word and the anointing that is in us that we walk in. Amen. Now, I want to take it one little step forward. And I understand that, that everybody in here will probably understand, knows what I'm about to say. But I say this, let me back, back, back on the thing. I say this for the benefit of people listening by podcast and for, for the, anybody listening by, on the, uh, the live feed here. Because there was a, a, um, a discussion a while back, I think, that this little, this little nuance or whatever you want to talk was brought up. We are anointed. We have the power. He has given us this anointing and power. 
but we understand that little part of it right there, that we have this power, we have this anointing, we can do these things, we, do all the, we can do all these things because He has given it to us. Not because we formed it in ourselves. Not because we walk around arrogantly thinking it's me, me, me. No. I have this power because He gave me this power. I have this power because He tells me I have it. Because He has put it in me. Amen. So like I said, I understand y'all probably all knew that, but just for the sake of, of further understanding, I, I wanted to say that. That we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Now, let me go on here. Because He makes us who I am. That's why I like the, the message. What I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. I don't mean that your help didn't mean a lot to me. It did. It was a beautiful thing that you came alongside me in my troubles. And I, when I read that, I loved it. It was a beautiful thing that you came alongside me in my troubles. You know, I think for so long, a lot of us Christians didn't understand what it meant to walk with somebody. We love to read footprints in the sand and know that Jesus is walking with us. But we didn't understand that we needed to be Jesus and walk with other people. Amen. Amen. You know, a lot of us get very, very scared because it's going to require something of us mm-hmm. to walk with somebody through their stuff. Amen. You know, I, I, I've, had, I've had people walk with me through my stuff. And I'm, I'm grateful for it. I'm thankful for it. Amen. You know. That's why I just really love that. It. It it, it's a beautiful thing when you give of yourself. When you, when you give of God inside you. When you give of, of Jesus inside you. When you give of the, that anointing and that power inside you to someone else. To walk them, to show them, to be Jesus to them. You know, when, uh, <laughs> it just made me think, I remember talking about walking through my stuff. I remembered uh, back in 2012 when, uh, uh, when my ex-wife and I, when the, when the compost hit the fan and, and all that broke loose and I was a little bit devastated and I was at the house at myself, and one of the pastors of the church came over and found me. And he sat down and said, Kevin, I'm here to be Jesus to you, son. And I couldn't, I couldn't speak. I couldn't say anything. I was just, I don't know, just in a state. I couldn't say anything. But he sat there, and he prayed with me. And that's how we are. Need to be with other people. Amen. See, and, and, and you know, shameless plug for the Brotherhood of Valor, but that's why I call it the Brotherhood of Valor. And there needs to be a Sisterhood of Valor. For us to link up and, and build relationship and walk with other people. So, so, that, so that somebody can know, you know what, you can come to me and you can tell me you're dirtiest, worst of the worst, and you're not going to shock me. I'm just going to say, okay, what are we going to do about it? 
That's where it falls to. You know, it's, I, think, I think sometimes the Christian world doesn't, doesn't connect the dots. They, 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 don't, they don't make the... They go to either one extreme or another. Does God want me to prosper? Yes. Does God want me in health? Yes. Does God want me to live a great life? Yes. But he also wants me to be prosperous and be in health and live a great life so that I can help somebody else be prosperous and be in health and live a great life. It is for me, but it ain't all for me. Going on, you Philippians well know, and you can be sure, I'll never forget it, that when I first left Macedonia province, venturing out with the message, not one church helped me out in the give and take of this work except you. See, that's why he's so fond of the Philippians. No, but no other church stepped out with him except the Philippians. Oh, at work except you. You were the only one. Even while I was in Thessalonica, you helped out. And not only once, but twice. Not that I'm looking for handouts, but I do want you to experience the blessings that issue from generosity. And that brings us to the next verse that, are, that, are, that is so popular in Word of Faith is. But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Let's think about that again. But my God, Paul says, my God. He's their God too. He says, my God shall supply some of your need, a little bit of your need, maybe part of your need. All your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And, and, and don't, feel, don't feel any condemnation. Don't feel any shame. If, if, the, if, you, if our little gap, so to speak, on, on understanding that or getting that, because mine's not closed yet. Because I know God will supply all my need. And I'm looking for it. <laughs> and he's, you know, and I say this. A lot of times we, we shipwreck our own faith. We shipwreck our, our own selves in believing for God because we allow the enemy to get in there and, and we say, okay, I'm, I'm believing God for this or I'm, I've prayed and asked God for this and, and he supplies all my need and everything. How's it coming? How's it going to show up? I need $500. Am I going to walk out to my mailbox and open my mailbox and find $500 in it? Just out of blue? Is somebody going to walk up and give me the Pentecostal handshake with $500? How is this going to happen? We sit there in our minds and we start thinking, how is God going to do it? Stop it. God can do any one of those things. Absolutely no doubt whatsoever that He can. But it's not our concern how He does it. Amen. It's not our business, our concern, how God supplies our need. Amen. That's His business. Because if we sit there and we do that, we build it and start building an expectation. And when that expectation doesn't happen, then what happens? Your faith gets wounded. You get let down. Well, it didn't happen this way, or it didn't happen. Or, and then what? You, you shipwrecked your faith. And you've quit, you've quit standing in on the Word, and you've quit believing. That's exactly why, and that's exactly how that happens. Uh, and I said that because um, 
I won't tell you all the details, but I have a little endeavor that I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to do. And it's going to cost, it was going to cost about $400 to do this. $400 that I don't got <laughs> to do this with. So I said, okay, God, I believe you. Thank you for it. I started thanking him for the $400 to do this. I said, you know my heart. You know what I'm wanting to do with this. You know, because I'm sitting here thinking, God knows my heart. He knows what I'm wanting to do. And he's, and he's all for it too. You know, so I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, where's this $400? You know, I need to get this because what I need to do, I need to get, get the ball rolling. I need, I need this for this to happen. So yesterday, um, what I'm wanting to do takes me, I need to, I have to order something from a website. So just, I don't know, happenstance yesterday, <laughs> I went on the website just to look and just see. Well, guess what was on the website that wasn't there before? A discount. <laughs> a, package, a package deal that I could get what I'm wanting to get for this endeavor and cost half the money that I was asking God for. I'm like, you go, God. <laughs> you may not be putting $400 in my hand, but by God, you know, you took care of over half of it, you know. I mean, and, and I can go on, you know, I can go on to say, you know what? Keep expecting God for a full $400. Okay? The next half of it may come somewhere else to do something else. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? We need to, we need to learn to look for God in the stuff. We need to learn to, to, to look for him and what he's wanting to do in it. Amen. His leading, his guiding in it. And I've got another endeavor that I'm waiting. <laughs> Something else that I'm waiting on. And this is, a, this is almost a, a desperate need. But I'm good right now. So, But my God shall supply all your need according to his. See, he's telling them that God is going to supply their need because they're taking care of him. Yeah. Because they're walking the journey with him. Because they, they're, they're linked up with him. Okay. Our God and Father abounds in glory that just pours out to, into eternity. Yes. And then he's ending the, ending the letter here. Saying, give our regards to every Christian you meet. Our friends here, say hello. All the Christians here, especially the believers who work in the palace of Caesar. Did you catch that? said, even the Christians that work in the palace of Caesar. Even the Christians that work in the government. Did I just say that out loud? <laughs> yeah. Even the Christians that work in Hollyweird. I mean, wood. <laughs> yeah. did, I, did I just say that out loud? You know, there's people out there that, that you don't know, Christians. Yeah. You know. They will remember you. Receive and experience the amazing grace of the Master Jesus Christ deep within yourselves. This whole chapter was his, his being grateful to the Philippians for them being with him and walking along him and, 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 and encouraging them to stand, encouraging them to don't be overtaken by negative stuff, encouraging them that, hey, you can do all things through Christ. The anointing one. Hey, God is going to supply all your needs because you're endeavoring to supply my needs. Now, I'm not saying that as a, you got to supply somebody's needs or whatever, but you, you get what I'm saying. It, it's, it's not the, the sow seed factor. It's the heart factor. Yeah. 
Yes. It's the generosity factor. Yes. You know, you ask time and time, what if you, had, you know, the, the, the old question of, if you had a million dollars, what would you do? And you know what? I immediately start thinking of what exactly I would do with a million dollars. You know what? I may not have, a, have physically have a million dollars, but such as I have, I can give. Here, here's a dollar. Go buy your Coke. You know, here and there. You know, here, here, here's a little bit of my time. You know, the generosity of heart is what connects us with God and what connects God with us and what brings His blessings to our lives. Uh, something I want to read here. Now, don't forget what I said about God being inside us and us having all His authority and His power. 1 Corinthians 6, 17, I'm just going to throw this out here. It says, But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with Him. I'm going to read that again. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with Him. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. When we link up and we're joined to the, with God, we are one with him. <laughs> I'm going to get epic on you here, Brad. Like tell me. If you remember the movie, uh, the Star Wars movie, Rogue One, you had the, you had the guy in there. Has, anybody, has everybody seen that movie? Before I, you know, most everybody? So, uh, if you hadn't seen the movie, so in the movie, there's, uh, there's, you know, Star Wars, the Force, and everything. They talk about the Force. There's this guy in there, and he's blind in this, in this particular movie. And his thing he keeps saying is, I'm one with the force and the force is one with me. I'm one with the force and the force is one with me. I'm one with God and God is one with me. I'm one with the spirit and the spirit is one with me. I'm one with the word and the word is one with me. That's who we are. That's who we're created to be. And we, ought, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And he supplies all our need. According to his riches in glory. And I think that's a good stopping point right there. So Father God, in the name of Jesus, I just give you glory and honor and praise again, Lord. I thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you for your word.